Welcome to the Divine Union Podcast, a place that will invite you to connect to life in all the ways, inner union with self, sacred union in relationship, and oneness with the cosmos. An invitation to expand your edges so you can live this life fully with all of your being. I'm your host, Nicola Navone. Hello, beautiful beings, and welcome back to the Divine Union Podcast. And today we're going to discuss why a woman's desire for freedom and sexual expression and exercising of these qualities is essential for her aliveness. And so I will talk more about that. And I'm also going to share my own experience with freedom, which was the impetus for this episode. And we'll also talk about how cultural and societal uh, structures and conditioning, how that's impacted gender roles to provide a foundation for understanding these times. For the sake of this episode, I will be focusing on these two characteristics and the impact that that has for women. Uh, Because this is a super deep topic, society and culture has impacted gender roles for both men and women, or however you identify. It's not something someone can unpack in just one episode. Hence why we're really honing in and we're focusing on the freedom and the sexual desire in this episode. And when we understand the past, it's going to allow us to have more insight into the present so then we can figure out where we want to go from there so that we can feel fully alive and and live with passion and joy and wholeness and intimacy. Given the topic of this podcast being around traditional gender norms, given history, I will speak in terms of men and women, women with yonis and men as beings with lingams, and I will talk about heterosexual relationship dynamics. Also because there's not enough research done on if and how traditional male-female gender roles have impacted the LGBTQ community. And why are we talking about this topic today? Because to achieve divine union, union with self and in relationship and connection to the cosmos and all that is, we need to allow ourselves to feel all aspects of ourselves and be fully expressed in who we are. And freedom and sexual expression is a major need of all human beings. So the impetus for this episode was really interesting, but it was my travels for the past four years. And my travels in the past four years, I've traveled solo. And for me, traveling solo has been really powerful way for me to connect to my freedom, my need for freedom and for expression. 
because with traveling solo, I didn't owe anyone anything. I'm on my own clock. I can choose that I want to go do something one day and then change my mind. And that's okay. And when I was living in Bali, they have mopeds there. So everyone rides mopeds. And ooh, when you are riding on a moped in the open road with no one there but you and the wind blowing in your hair, Ooh, that really, I really remembered how much I love being free. And it's interesting because I didn't, I never used to think that I really desired freedom, especially in relationship. But through this process of traveling, I really realized how important it is for me. As I meet even folks along my travels, just my need for my own sovereignty, for my own independence, to not have anyone expecting things of me unless it's something I'm committing to or okay with. And even then, I still reserve the right for my independence because that is so important. So it's been my travels and also this process of rewilding myself, of deconditioning my beliefs around what it means to be a woman in the world, about what my femininity means to me. And also the desire for freedom has also been impacted by working through, when I say also what it means to be a woman in the world, working through my own fears, my own fears around my ability to feel safe within my own body, safe within my nose, safe within my boundaries. Because we can't have freedom unless we feel secure in ourselves and our ability to navigate the world. So, also, this has happened in tandem with me healing and cultivating my masculine energy, which the desire for freedom and sexual expression, that is masculine energy. And so unless a woman knows how to heal her masculine and leverage her masculine in a way that's healthy and that creates safety for herself and her ability to be expressed, right? that's where the freedom and then the sexual exploration comes into play. And it's interesting because many folks confuse polarity. Polarity is a topic that a lot of people have been speaking about lately. And they confuse that to mean the differences between men and women, as in men desire freedom and sexual exploration and novelty, while women desire care and connection and love and security. Which this does seem to be the norm in today's world. And that's changing, of course, over time, the more consciousness we're bringing to the world, which we have now. But it's something that I want to explore a little deeper so we can understand as to why this seems to be the current norm in Western and Eastern cultures. And it's important to understand why, because when we understand why, that's going to allow us to understand where we want to go. 
and how to be our most fulfilled, alive selves and connected to each other because it's all about being able to see the mirrors in each other. And we are all human beings. So we mirror one another. And when we have, when we see mirrors in each other, then so we have compassion and understanding for each other. And then the dynamics shift. It's an even scale between the two. And so I will share today two bodies of research that really illuminate how societal and cultural structures and conditioning impact these gender polarities. And we'll talk about what it will take for us to reconnect to these lost parts of ourselves, to our true primal nature for healing, for deeper intimacy with ourselves and our partners and the universe. Because with this polarized view of men and women, we are looking at our identities as being fixed instead of fluid, which they are fluid, like women, like an X, men, like a Y, that's how we're viewing it. But if we evaluate it from the perspective of we're all humans with both masculine and feminine energy, and we allow ourselves to cultivate both of these energies within us in a healthy way, and we understand we have both varying levels of each, of course, given our life experiences and circumstances and culture, of course. But when we remember this, then we can understand how to truly play with polarity in a way that is potent, that makes passion last in relationship. Because to make passion last in relationship, both parties, whether heterosexual or not, both parties need to learn how to exercise and be open to expressing both their masculine and feminine energies in different areas of the relationship. And this is a super deep topic I will be discussing a lot more about in future episodes because it's a real passion of mine. See what I did there? Passion. <laughs> so allow me to speak about nature for a moment. Nature is the essence of freedom and sexual expression. And it moves and it grows and it evolves as it pleases. New life is always being created. Pollination occurs when the birds and the bees and the butterflies right, pollinate the flowers or even the wind carries pollen from flower to flower. There are also many species of animals who mate just for the pleasure of it. And we are nature. Both men and women are nature and desire freedom and sexual connection and expression. Take a look at the 1980s. In the 1980s, this is when evolutionary psychology was born. 
And this played a major role in how we view gender roles and polarity. For starters, it didn't really take into account the idea of, okay, our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors can be programmed by our environment. You know, that old time debate, nature versus nurture. And the truth is, it's both. There's some truth to nature, but also society and culture most definitely impacts behavior. And it was in this time that research became focused on differences between men and women and noting that women aren't particularly sexual beings and that they don't desire freedom. And controlling of the sexuality came much earlier, 19th century, with chastity belts being commonplace. And even the novel by Nathaniel Hawthorne, The Scarlet Letter, published in 1850, where Hester Prynne had to wear the A on her chest for being an adulteress, but her husband was quote-unquote lost at sea, but really living a double life. Now there's many negative terms to demonize sexually adventurous women, right? So it's just important to understand this so we can understand how views around our sexual expression and need for independence and freedom or lack thereof have been shaped. In Spanish, esposa means wife. And the plural term esposas means handcuffs. So this is a common assumption that transcends some cultures, really this view of these gender roles. And on the topic of sexuality, Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan and Casilda Jetha, they do an amazing job of questioning the concept of monogamous marriage and lifelong fidelity in both Western and Eastern societies. And they provide a lot of information around human beings and our innate promiscuity by exploring the history and the evolution of human sexuality, a.k.a. how we evolved from apes. Homo sapiens is one of the five surviving species of the great apes, along with chimps, bonobos, gorillas, orangutans. And so they also discuss the impact of the agricultural revolution that that had on sexuality. And like bonobos and chimps, they talk about how we are the descendants of our very sexual ancestors. And it gives really helpful context because sexual promiscuity, sexual promiscuity is a manifestation of freedom. It's freedom to mate with whomever we please, freedom to express ourselves, freedom to follow our desires. It's masculine energy. So thanks to Sex at Dawn, let's take a little trip into history, shall we? So before agricultural societies and private property, we were living in hunter-gatherer societies. And in those societies, women, they typically had as much access to food and protection and social support as men. 
But with agricultural societies began the need to know where does your property begin and another one end. And this impacted so many things. It impacted how power structures were developed. It impacted the family unit, as well as the rules and the norms governing sexual expression. And I share this because this context is essential to understanding the true nature of who we are. And knowing this helps us remember so we can come back there to feel fully whole and connected to ourselves and to others and to the planet, which is my mission in life for us to be our most alive, passionate and connected selves. And this, my friends, this will actually help relationships and polarity. When we as women allow ourselves to reconnect to our desire for freedom and our sexual energy and to be wild and free, nothing is sexier than a wild woman. A wild woman who's committed to her partner but is still expressed in her individuality and in her sexual energy and in her need for freedom as a sovereign being. Because what that does is it shifts the scales from this dynamic and from resentment that can often happen in relationships. Right? When we resent our partner for expressing their need for freedom, but it's because we don't allow ourselves to feel it or we haven't connected to that part of ourselves. And I realize that, like I'm saying, there are a lot of social and cultural influences here at play. So it's not just, okay, you know, at the drop of a hat, one can reprogram and change and, yeah, just feel your desire for freedom. I know it's not easy, but it's important, and I'll share practices at the end of easy ways just to cultivate and reconnect to these parts of ourselves so that there isn't resentment and there's greater compassion and understanding and we see each other as the mirrors we are because we are all human beings. Now, I'm not saying to hell with monogamy, go wild, be with as many partners as possible. But I'm speaking about the importance of acknowledging our history and our desire for freedom and sexual expression as a manifestation of that, a.k.a. we are sexual beings. We all have that inside us, whether we choose monogamy or not, that's besides the point. So let's shift to another really significant time in history that has impacted women's perceived desire for freedom and for sex. Birth control. So I'm just going to high level here to prove my point. But before birth control came out in the 60s, the main mode of contraception was either withdrawal or condoms. When you think about condoms, it's more of an even distribution on both parties. The onus is on both parties to practice safe sex using condoms. But when birth control came out in the 60s, it contributed to this idea of 
the individual who can get pregnant is the one responsible for the contraception. And there's a long history of contraception and studies done to provide male birth control as early as the 50s. Nothing took hold given the side effects, which to be frank, there's super harmful side effects uh, as it stands today, but I'm not going down that path right now. I simply wish to share this context of how this impacts women's exercising of their masculine energy, of their desire for freedom and sex. And so given birth control and most of the onus of contraception protection is on the women, naturally it creates this uneven scale of responsibility within a heterosexual partnership. And this has trickled down into navigating the family dynamic and raising of the children. So you betcha this impacts the behavior of Many women seeking protection, seeking safety, love, and connection from their partners. It's a necessity for survival. And I'm not saying that every relationship is this way. But it is a common dynamic in heterosexual relationships. Especially when kids are involved. With understanding this, it's important that... If you are a woman that's feeling disconnected from your sense of freedom and sexual expression, that you do these different practices, which I will share in a moment to reconnect to that sense of freedom, reconnect to your need for sexual expression, to your sexual energy, because that is your life force energy, your birthright your aliveness. And when we do that, we shift the scales from this, oh, unsexy and unhealthy dynamic that can often play out in which we're resentful of our partner for needing freedom and exercising their sovereignty, their individuality and for admiring other beings. And often when we resent our partners, it's because we are carrying that part of us that's repressed, that we're not allowing ourselves to feel and to express. And it'll help the relationship the more that we allow ourselves to feel these parts of ourselves because that's human and People want to be with whole people, people that are whole within themselves, people that are free but are choosing to be in a relationship and not this dynamic of, I need you. And I want to acknowledge that all the information I share, there are clearly a lot of social and cultural uh, things that have impacted this behavior, these dynamics. So I acknowledge that it's not just an easy flip of a switch, okay? I'm going to think differently, but you can do practices to reconnect to these parts of yourselves. So what do they look like? Some practices to help you reconnect to your sense of freedom. 
so that you can feel fully whole and fully fulfilled and alive. Go on a solo trip or get away for a weekend. Just do whatever tickles your fancy. Explore, connect with random people, push yourself outside of your comfort zone. When you do something like that, even if it's just a day and you have no agenda and you are just walking around, exploring, connecting with random people, that's going to really quickly reconnect you to this sense of freedom, to feeling your freedom and to enjoying your freedom. Another way is sing and dance. And get wild and uninhibited once a week. Even if you're in your room or your bathroom or wherever you feel comfortable, let yourself be free. Let yourself make silly sounds, move in whatever way you want to move, shake that booty. When you let yourself be wild through movement and through sound, it really connects you to the primal, which connects you to your sense of freedom. And sexual expression, because movement is a manifestation of sexual expression. Self-pleasure regularly. This is a great way to connect your sexual energy and to your desires. Whether it's daily, once a week, once a month, take that sacred time for yourself to connect your sexual energy. Don't let that energy die. And let yourself every so often have these moments of intimacy with self. And if you want to have a fantasy for a moment, have a fantasy. Go wild. Let yourself indulge your desires. And lastly, let yourself admire the beauty of other beings. Have interesting conversations with other beings. That will fuel your heart and your soul. Make you feel fulfilled in life. So there you have it. Today's episode, we talked about different cultural and social structures that have impacted women's perceived view of their desire for freedom and sexual expression. We talked about those. We talked about why it's important to understand that. And we talked about some ways that you can reconnect to this sense of freedom and sexual expression if you feel like it's missing in your life or it's not as prominent in your life as you want it to be. Because this is the elixir to full wholeness, showing and owning all parts of who we are, which is why we are here on this planet, but for to live fully. Thank you, beautiful, beautiful souls, for tuning in to this week's episode of the Divine Union Podcast. If you found this episode inspiring and interesting, share it with a friend so that we can get more of this medicine to more people on this planet because this is how we create impact and this is how we create change. Gracias. 
Gracias, gracias. And until next week, may all your unions be divine.